are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. 2 Kings chapter 6. Just because it's a great day in the presence of the Lord. Stand to your feet one more time. Hallelujah. And for the reading of the word. 2 Kings chapter 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 6. Beginning in verse 8. If you have it, say amen. Amen. If you're still looking, say hey, hey. Well, praise the Lord. If you're using a cheat sheet, yeah, that's what I thought. Say, that's me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Verse 10, then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watching there, not just once, but twice. Therefore the king, or the heart of the king of Syria, was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. My Lord have mercy. You better watch out. There's nothing worse than a Holy Ghost filled person around you that will open up and show you all kinds of stuff. I tell you one of the greatest things you can ever be able to have parents and that's the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost starts talking to you about what your kids are doing. Oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Verse 13. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Father, in the name of Jesus today, I ask for your presence. I ask for your touch. And I ask, Almighty God, Lord, in this place, Lord, Lord, your anointing will be here to break the yoke, to encourage, to strengthen, to bless. To speak, O God, into their lives. I pray in the name of Jesus, let us gladly receive your word. And let us be changed today. 
every heart be open, every life be ready to receive. And oh dear God, Lord, help me to speak as an oracle of God. And I will pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, all these things in thy name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Before you see to turn around and tell somebody, say, boy, you better open up your eyes. Tonight for, or this morning for the next few moments, I want to preach on this topic. Opened eyes. See, we have all been there. We have all been there. We've all been in the midst of situations that really are bigger than what we are. We've all been in places where the very, as we look around and we try to be able to see a way of escape or a way to deal with stuff, that we look at things and every way that we look, we just see a worse and worse situation. Everywhere we look, we think there's no way of getting out of this. There's no way of dealing with this. The situation is just bigger than what we can be able to handle. We've all been there. And this is where Elisha's servant straight up finds himself. He has accepted a position to be used of the Lord. So seemingly, everything should work out. Perfectly, easily, without any drama. It should come together, no opposition, no problems. I'm being used of the Lord. Let me tiptoe through the tulips. Let me dance along bridges of rainbows, chasing lucky charms. Serial. Let me just be in a position where that everything should be going perfectly because you know what? I'm being used of the Lord. Let me just share this with you if this is bothering you. A few years ago there was a, uh, a doctrine that came through, uh, this teaching that kind of swept through uh, many churches. And that is that if you're in problems, then you have sin in your life. Or if you have situations that are bigger than you, then you have sin in your life. If you have sickness, then you have sin in your life. Can I share something with you, brother and sister? Can I just share this with you? And that is this. Brother and sister, we all will face opposition. We all will face things that are bigger than us. We all will come through situations that will test the metal of who we are. The thing about being a child of God, and that is this, that when I go through those things, I don't have to go through them alone. I've got somebody bigger than I am to handle the situations that are bigger than me. I don't have to go through them collecting chains and bondages. I don't have to go through them collecting more and more junk in my life. But I can go through them Free as I lean on the Lord. I can go through them empowered by God Almighty that instead of collecting chains of what I've had to do to, to medicate myself through this and to be able to deal with stuff through this, I can walk through those things free and instead of collecting chains, I collect testimonies of what God has done in my life. 
Now, brother and sister, understand something. You can be able to come into this situation. And you can be able to get into a situation where it is much bigger than what you are. But know this. You don't have to fall prey to it. You don't have to. There will be circumstances, situations that we all fall into. And this is where Elisha's servant fell into. He's just accepted the position that was made available as servant to the prophet. And he's like, whoa, look at me. (laughs) He probably got the letter in the mail and he was walking around going, look at that right there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be the next servant to the prophet. And he comes walking in there thinking that everything's going to be awesome. That everything's going to be great. And his first day on the job, pow, boom, problems. Brother and sister, understand this today. Everything will not be perfect and easy as a child of God when you are trying to be used of God. Everything will not be perfect. Everything will not be easy. But just know this. That whenever things seem to be going all out of control. And there seems to be a problem whenever you look. Understand this. There is a God that is bigger than you are. That will have your back. If you will just stand in the midst of it. See, brother and sister, we all are wanting to be in this building. Every single one of us should be want to be used in some way or some capacity. We all have the ability to be used. We all have natural giftings. We all have natural ability. We all have things in our life where we can be used for the glory of God. We all have that ability. It may be not traditional church ability. But you can be used of God in multiple places. Let me just share some with you. This church may have traditional, you know, uh, Sunday school classes or and then others, other non-traditional kind of things like small groups and some of the other stuff and everything else. But understand this, brother and sister, that in these moments that we can be able, we need to find a place where we can be used in some way and in some form so that we can be able to have an impact for our world for the kingdom of God. Just because your abilities do not line up with what is traditional, what people look for as a user or to be used by the Lord, does not mean that you cannot be used from the Lord. It just may not mean that you may be behind a pulpit or up on a platform. You may not be used in some of these more traditional ways. But honey, you can be used. I remember as a student in in Central Bible College, I was staying there, I think it was my uh, sophomore year, I do believe it was. And you know, I was getting a chance and I was being able to preach on most weekends. Uh, I was getting a chance to be able to go preach and I was, man, just loving this. And I was thinking, man, what is God doing in my life? And I'm like, woo, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden there's this guy, his name was Sam, Sam Conley, matter of fact. Now he's actually a pastor. But at this point, he wasn't. He came and he stood up there in that auditorium with 1,200 other Bible college students, would-be, soon-be preachers, different things like that, theologians, 
all these other stuff. We're sitting in this group and he stands up behind the platform and he says this. In the past year, in I am not a preacher is what he starts out. I'm not a preacher. I work in an office at some building. He says, I work 40 hours a week. I work five days a week. And he says, understand something that I do. In the past year, I have seen a hundred people one to God that I have personally won them to the Lord and prayed them through the sinner's prayer and locked them and introduced them to a church. And then he pointed his finger and he said this, what have you done? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm nobody. I'm just somebody that works. I'm, I'm a deacon in church. But I'm not anybody that is supposed to be a pulpit minister. I'm not anything like that. I just tell people about Jesus. What do you do? And I immediately was like, conviction. My question is this, brother and sister, the same thing that, that, that now Pastor Sam said that same thing. Let me ask you this. Who have you won to God this year? Who have you had an ability to be able to share the gospel with? Who have you touched in a powerful way? You say, Pastor Tim, but I can't do this. I don't do this. That's okay. Why? Because your usefulness may not come in traditional means, but your usefulness is so, so important to the kingdom of God because only you were, was created to be you and only you can fill the spot that you now can be able to make an impact in somebody's life through this church and through your daily walk with the Lord. Amen. Brother and sister, you may say, well, Pastor Tim, you know, I, it's not what I've always, you know, I'm not somebody that, that is, you know, that's done this or done that. But brother and sister, let me share some with you. Availability and ability produces usefulness. Show that again. Availability plus ability produces usefulness. Okay? Your ability, your God-given ability, whenever it is combined with availability, stuff can happen. And realize you can, in, you can influence and you can impact people for the, for the kingdom of God when you yourself begin to couple availability and your ability, you can be useful to the kingdom of God. Realize this, great ability with no availability produces little. You can have the greatest ability in the world, but if you do not have the availability, then ain't nothing going to happen. You can be able to talk, you can be able to sing, you can be, you know, I've known people that they have beautiful singing voices, beautiful, and you try your best to get them involved, they're like, no, 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 and you'll sit by them, and you'll hear them in church going, woo, they're just singing like going, and they're like, you should sing more, and they're like, no, 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 no. You see them talking, and you'll be talking to them about and they'll say, you know what? The Lord was talking to me about something. And all of a sudden, they just share one little tidbit. And you're like going, man, that was powerful. Do you do, do, you do any devotionals or do any Sunday school classes? Do you something like going, no, 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 no. 
Realize this, you can have great ability, but without your availability, it will not produce anything. But brother and sister, you can have very little ability, but great availability, and you can have momentary impacts for the kingdom of God that are powerful. God used a donkey. God used a donkey and had an impact in that part right there. In the world surrounding Balaam. Boom. Impact. That donkey had no ability except to be able to walk. But he had the availability. And guess what? Boom. God used him. Impact. Pow. Right there in that moment. But this is the thing though, brother and sister. The greater your ability teamed with your availability, the greater the impact and the prolonged the impact can be. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord, today. Understand something. You can be able to have no ability but great availability, and you can have momentary impact for the kingdom of God. But if you ever will couple... Somebody that has great ability with great availability. And you will begin to see a not just a momentary impact, but a long, prolonged, dynamic impact that goes on and on and on for the kingdom of God. That in your world, your office, your, you know, your sphere of influence, you can change that area so quickly if you can be able to understand that one thing. You say, but Pastor Tim, I don't have great ability. Well, can I just be able to share something with this? Many of us all, well, we all have ability. The problem that many of us have, we do not have great availability. We will shut down the very fault of being used. So many times we'll use excuses of, well, I don't have this. I, don't have. I, was, I went there and I was signing up my daughters to be able to play for, for a softball. And they went to me and they said, oh, Brother Tim. And I said, no. <laughs> He's like, Tim, seriously, you can be able to help us? I said, no. No, I'm being serious. Tim. We need, we need somebody to help us coach. You, I know you can be able to do this. Why don't you coach? I'm like going, no. I've already done that. No. My daughter drives. Well, sometimes that's a hallelujah. Other times that's a, oh, Jesus. But she can take herself to practice. I don't have to be there. I can do other things. What was I doing? I was coming to a place, and that is, I may have the ability to, but guess what? I was making myself not available. How many times do we do the same thing with God? Before God even has a chance to deal with us, we're immediately shutting Him down. You know what will happen? I may not be at every practice, but I guarantee you what will happen. I will be at every game, and I will be in the dugout, and I'll be talking. Bring it, you know, don't drop your shoulder. Scoot up closer in the box. 
I will be doing things that are dealing with coaching, but at the same time, guess what? I am not the coach. Why? Because I didn't make myself available. That's the reason why we have so many people that they like to be able to shout from the outside whenever somebody else is doing something. It's because they have the ability, they have the idea, they know they can be able to make an impact, but yet at the same time, they will not make themselves available. Therefore, they'll, they'll do that. They won't actually be in the dugout, but they'll be talking through the fence. They'll talk about, oh Jesus, I'm about to make it in shit. You may get in trouble. They'll talk about the head coach behind the bullpen. But why didn't you make yourself available? You could have been able to do it. How many times have you talked about, oh. How many times have you talked about me or anybody else? And you've come to the realization, well, I, well, it's easy to be able to say all that whenever you yourself have not made yourself available to be used. Why? Because you can have great ability. But the key is this, availability. He even says this, God even says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Listen to what he states here. He says this, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves. In other words, if you think that you don't have the ability and you don't think that you have the giftings to be able to make an impact for the kingdom of God, Paul says this, you may not think that, but what does he say in verse 5? But our sufficiency is from God who has also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life what he is stating is this you may think that you don't have the greatest ability but God says this I will take my ability and I will mix it in with your ability and with your ability guess what will then begin to happen if you will make yourself available, I can be able to do great things in you if you will just make yourself available. Amen. Amen. Availability brings forth, or whenever you couple it with ability, brings forth usefulness. And here we find that in 1 Kings chapter 19, I ain't got time right, you can, read, you can mark it down, you can look at it in just a moment. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we find that Elisha is called by God when Elijah comes to meet him. And what does Elisha do? Elisha comes, he's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, which means one thing. This dude is from a wealthy family. You know what he does? He goes and he kills all 24 oxen. A yoke of oxen is two, okay? And usually it's a mixed, you know, yoke. In other words, you may, if you were lucky in those days, you may have an, an oxen and you may have a donkey. Or you may have a donkey and a dog. I don't know. Who, who knows about the dog part? But, you know, you have a mixture of things. You can be able to tell how well off you are by how many animals that you have and if they're all the same species. This joker, he was wealthy. His family was wealthy. But what does he do? The moment that the Lord calls him, he says, Elisha, you are useful. You, are, you have an ability to be able to do something for the kingdom of God. And what did Elisha immediately do? He said, Lord, if I have the ability, I will make myself available to you so that you can use me. Jesus, Jesus. 
So what does he do? He kills the oxen. And he makes a sacrifice to the Lord. He goes and tells his mom and dad goodbye. And then immediately he leaves and he follows Elijah. Brother and sister, understand something. As he begins, he walks in away from his parents and wealth and a place to stay. And he walks in to follow Elijah. And what does he find? A prophet of God that's on the run from King Ahab and Jezebel. Now understand what he sees. Elisha saw. Elijah stand up to kings. He saw him be consistent through wars. He saw him walk with God to a point that he was picked up by a chariot of fire. And he was taken to be with the Lord. He saw all that stuff. And as the chariot of fire is going up into the heavens... Elijah drops his mantle. And what does Elisha do? He walks right over and he says, you know what? I've got the ability. And I've got the availability. So he reaches down and picks up the mantle. And the mantle is nothing more than just, it's kind of like an over, something that hangs over a, a, a prophet. Not really, just a, not really just a coat, but just something that kind of just hangs over them. Almost like a covering, a, a cape almost to a certain degree. And they would take and be able to roll it up or whatever. He takes the mantle, picks it up, rolls it up, and slaps the, the Jordan River. And guess what? The river parts. All of a sudden, he begins to realize something. The same ability that Elijah has, I have. Why? Because it's the same God of Elijah that is now with me. So now... I'm in a position where I can be able to come to a place that now I can be able to walk in the same power, in the same anointing, in the same presence of Almighty God. Why? Because the Lord is with me just like He was with Elijah. So now I have the ability, I have the availability, so let me walk out and do something for God. Come on somebody, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Turn me down just a little bit, Sister Lisa, before I blow a speaker. I'm trying not to yell, but Lord have mercy. Realize what then begins to happen. He begins to walk in the anointing of God. You know what he does? He picks up and he begins to do things that are amazing. He sees, it's, it's amazing what begins to happen. Because now we begin to see that he not only split the Jordan River, but he multiplied widow's oil. So that it would not run out during a drought. He raises a Shumanite dead son back to life. He multiplies little resources that they had to be able to feed a hundred men. He heals Naaman's leprosy. And then he sees God curse his servant with leprosy. Because he lied and he was greedy after Naaman's wealth. Realize something, brother and sister. His usefulness has brought forth now opportunity where God has done thing after thing after thing. Let me just share something with you. You don't have to find places to be used of God. You just be available and you have the ability and God will use you. He will make sure there's opportunities for you. You just be ready. And what then begins to happen is this. 
Because this usefulness begins this opportunity. And what begins to happen in our text is the very first thing that this new servant, his very first job with Elisha, his predecessor has been stricken with leprosy because he lied to the servant of the Lord. And the Lord knew it. Catch this. He comes walking in. And this servant has a great opportunity now. He can be useful to the kingdom of God. Just like Elisha is useful to the kingdom of God. But in the very first thing, what begins to happen, he finds himself in a war. Syria is planning attacks against Israel. And what does the Lord do? The Lord begins to tell Elisha what's going on. And he goes and tells the king of Israel. The king of Syria, Syria doesn't like this. Okay? He does not like this at all. Now, brother and sister, understand something. Whenever you begin to be used of God, can I just share something with you? You will face opposition. Because they will not, the enemy will not want you to make ground. Because the more opportunity that you have and the more that you see God do things, the more that you will believe God for things. And the more that you believe God for things, the greater things that you will do. And understand what begins to happen here. He sees in this king of Syria says, no, 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 we got to stop this right now. we got to stop this right now. So guess what we're doing? I want you to send the army to a city called Dothan so that you can be able to surround the, the, the prophet of God and then bring him to me. Okay? Now, brother and sister, understand something. This opportunity has brought opposition. And opposition is now forming against Elisha and the servant. And Elisha and the servant go to bed one night. <sighs> Roll over. They're feeling good. Going to sleep. Just feeling really good. He's got, you know, central air going on, which is mainly probably a, uh, a donkey flopping its tail and just stirring up air. You know, he's just, he's just, he's tired. He's sleepy. He stretches, he goes to sleep. The next morning, the servant wakes up and he goes out to start the day. He goes out to get, you know, because the, the servant of God has got to, you know, they don't have Starbucks, so, you know, or anything else, and, and they're, Megan and Kenna just weep and Nate weep before the Lord right there. How can you live without that? How can you live without it? They don't have something like this, so he says, you know what, we're going to get up, and I'm going to go down, and I'm going to go down, and I'm going to check out, you know, uh, uh, oxen bucks, and I'm going to, I don't know. Come and check out the coffee place down there. I'm going to bring him back. A fresh, and he walks outside and he immediately when he opens up his eyes, he's like going, oh Jesus, no, 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 no. Woo. He freaks out. That's early. He opens up his eyes, he looks, he sees a vast army that surround him. Yeah, 
So guess what? He decides, I don't have time to go to the, <laughs> down to Oxen Bucks. We're going to have to do without the coffee. And for those of you that are married or work with people that don't do well without their coffee in the morning, realize probably what happens whenever the servant comes and wakes up Elisha. Freaking out. Elisha rolls over and he goes, hmm. The servant says, there's an army outside. Elisha goes, hmm. Tell him to come back an hour. Get up! I've not had my coffee yet! There's an army outside! He's aggravated. He's scared to death. And Elisha comes walking out. And the servant looks at everybody here and says, Do you see this army? What are you talking about going back to bed for another hour? What's wrong with you? And Elisha, you can tell he's been through things. Can I share some with you one of the best things that you can be able to do? And that is, and this is one of the things about small groups that we're believing God for, and that is, whenever you begin to grow in the Lord, there will be moments whenever you freak out. There will be moments whenever you freak out. Why? Because you've never been through it before. There will be moments sometimes whenever you get a little like, whoa, what's going on? But this is the reason why you, that God puts men and women in your life that have been through things. Why? So that you can be able to know one thing that Elisha said, and that is this. Don't be, don't, don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Everything's going to be okay. Why is that? And he reaches across over there and he says, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. Brother and sister, can I just share something with you? There will be opposition that comes in your life. There will be moments when things happen. There will be situations that stuff will happen that you will shake your head at. But realize this, brother and sister, that Elijah, when he walked out, he knew something that the servant didn't know. And that is this, that brother and sister, Romans 8 and verse 31 says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children, have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Whenever he looked at the opposition, he did not see just the opposition. Why? Because in verse 17, when he prayed that his eyes would be open, of 2 Kings chapter 6, that the Bible says that his eyes were open and he saw a great army amassed around them in chariots of fire. See, brother said, understand something. If you are nervous, well, brother said, I don't know if I can be used. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be to do this. I don't know if I can be able to do all these things. Like, can I just share something with you? Get your eyes off of what your surroundings are and recognize that there is a God that is bigger than any circumstance, bigger than any problem, bigger than any situation, and that He is with you and that He is for you, and you can be different, live different, and make an impact in people's lives. 
you're nervous about being useful and what it can do, can I just share this with you, brother and sister? You are useful. And when you've come to a place that you don't know exactly what all the things that are going on, realize this, there's a bigger God than your situation. And know the thing I love about this? That the servant didn't recognize the resources that was available to him. Brother and sister, can I just share this with you? Whenever you begin to limit what God is able to do in you, what that begins to do is, it just allows me to know what, you know what? You just haven't seen the resources that God wants to marshal in your life. There are great resources. If you will just allow God to open your eyes and see it and be used. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Almighty God, today. Lord, you are good. You are great. You are awesome today. And I pray, Almighty God, in this moment, dear Lord, that you will move, that you will touch. Dear God, Lord, there are individuals, Lord, that are going through all kinds of problems, all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of issues, all kinds of... Dear God, across this building, that you will be glorified in their situations. That they may see you. That they may understand, Lord, that they are not by themselves. But dear God, you are with them. I pray in the name of Jesus this morning. This morning, very, very quickly, you'll say, Pastor Tim, I've walked this building. I don't know who Jesus is. But I want to know him. If you're here in this place and you say, Pastor Tim, I don't know who Jesus is. I want you to just lift up your hand. I need to ask Jesus to be able to forgive me of my sins. I've walked in this building. I'm undone in sin. And I need the Lord to forgive me. Brother and sister, that is who Jesus is. That is who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. Anybody else here this morning? In the name of Jesus. Anybody else here this morning? Anybody else in the name of Jesus? Right now, in the name of Jesus. I, I don't do this very often. I don't do this very often. But I just I feel led to do this this morning. I want to do this. I don't know. It, may, it feels like I'm hard. There may be some others here. This is what I want to do. I want to just cross this building. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I have failed. I have fallen short. I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me today. You died on a cross for your love for me. And so I could be with you for eternity. Wash away my sins with your blood. Forgive me. And Lord Jesus, today, I will walk with you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You prayed that prayer this morning in faith in your heart. 
The Lord's forgiven you. Now it comes down to what you're going to do. Now you have to walk. You have to go forward. This one I want to ask. Some, we're going to do two other things here this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Tim, I am in the midst of a situation. I'm in the midst of a problem. I'm in the midst of an issue. It seems like it's bigger than I am. And I need the Lord to just open my eyes that I can see that He is there. If that's you here this morning, I want to ask you to do me a favor. I just want to ask you to just, just stand to your feet across this building. In the name of Jesus. There's situations that's going on that I just need the Lord to touch. There's circumstances. There's things that are going on. I need the Lord. They're bigger than I am. Anybody else? In the name of Jesus. Right now, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. One more thing. I'm going to ask you to just step out from where you are. I want you to just come right down here this front for just a moment. This morning. Just come on. Step on in. Make a straight line across this front. 